people can tell when something feels, I know everyone uses the word authentic, but people can tell when things feel authentic and real, right? And people can tell when you're forcing things. And so I don't think, I don't believe in creating just because I have to, unless unless I'm being paid for it, obviously, but if it's a passion project, give yourself time to, to fulfill that passion project in the way that you want to do. Whatever vision you have, whatever you gain from that, that is the, like, the top priority. Everything else is going to fall in line. Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end, your creative journey is all worth it. I am thrilled today um, to bring a very special guest, Idara Ekpo, onto Creative Live TV. Uh, this is an episode of our series celebrating the month of Black History Month. And we have partnered with Black Women Photographers, which is an online community and database started by Polly Orungu um, to truly celebrate Black photographers, Black women and non-binary photographers shed light on the incredible talent and uh, give people a place to come and find women to hire. Uh, They are Black women photographers is uh, working to really disrupt the notion that it is difficult to find and commission Black photographers. And so uh, we have teamed up with Polly for four weeks every Wednesday, 10 a.m. here on Creative Live, and it is part of our We Are Photographers podcast as well. Um, So I'm just looking over to see the shout outs so far. We've got David, who is joining us all the way from Uganda, which is Mm. awesome. So keep those coming in and uh, let's get started. So today's guest is Idara Ekpo, and Idara is a portrait photographer, a visual storyteller. If you follow her work, we're going to talk about her series of Self-Portrait Sunday series that she has been creating beautifully um, all year long. She is known for her cinematic and dreamlike portraits, and she educates as well. She works for clients um, and her focus really is on creating that visual experiences, um, as well as using her medium, not only tell her own story, but empowering and bringing visibility to the voices and stories within her community. So please give it up and give a shout out to Idara Ekpo. Idara, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Kenna. How are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, we're we're very excited um, to to again bring you on and um, just this this what we do with this podcast is truly just about uh, connecting community, connecting uh, whether it's photographers, filmmakers, um, talking about our stories. I believe everybody has a story to share, um, yeah. and letting us know that we're not alone in our in our creative struggles and wins and ups and downs. Uh, so. I want to start by talking about your Self-Portrait Sunday series. We're recording this now. It is February of 2021. And so we are still in the midst of a pandemic, which is why yeah. we're coming to each other from our homes. Uh, and and so talk to me about this series and uh, what it's meant to you uh, and, and how you started it, why you started it, all of it. 
talk to us about it. Yeah. So it's actually, it's quite funny because I started Self-Portrait Sunday back in April of last year. Um, and so, you know, obviously the pandemic happened. All of us are stuck in our homes. If I'm being honest, I am sleeping in bed, working in my pajamas, not really getting up and getting ready every single day. Um, and so I just kind of felt like a little bit of a funk, you know, I'm not going out and I can't shoot with other people because we're in a pandemic. Right. And then I can't physically get myself ready like I usually do. Um, and so I love to, you know, do my hair, my makeup, et cetera. And so it's a part of who I am. So not doing that and not having anywhere to go was really um, a lot for me to go through. And so I remember it being Easter Sunday and Easter Sunday is huge for me, right? It does not matter where I am. It does not matter what, what the situation is. I'm going to church on Easter Sunday. Um, and so obviously things look different this year. Um, church was going to be virtual. And so what I decided to do is like, I'm still going to get up, still going to put on my Sunday best, going to have my makeup, my hair, everything done. Um, and I'm just going to take a picture of it, you know, because it's going to make me feel good. So I took um, a portrait of myself and I was like, oh, I look good. Upload on Instagram. Didn't think anything of it because it was just, you know, every now and then I would sprinkle images of myself on my Instagram with the rest of my work. Um, then the next Sunday came and I was like, I want to take a picture. Like, I want to just take a self-portrait. No reason. Like, let me just take it. And so I uploaded it, not really thinking that Self-Portrait Sunday would be a thing, but I uploaded it. And then the caption, I called it Self-Portrait Sunday. Um, and then I said, like, you know, I, I want my future kids to see how fly their mom looked, even in the middle of a pandemic. So that's what, like, you know, started it. It was just more so just trying to document myself. And so from that moment on, every single Sunday, I would take a new portrait because it just made me feel good. And then I would share it with my audience. And I found that like people were reacting to it a lot. My um, fault, like just the amount of people that were following the series and continue to follow the series blows my mind. Um, and so every single Sunday, I would just start taking portraits of myself. So what started off as a, oh, I feel good. I want to capture myself turned into an opportunity for me to you know, explore my creativity as a photographer, right? To be able to, you know, try different ideas or concepts or look for ways that I can still be inspired within my home. And I think that's the biggest message that I have with it was you can be inspired to create, even if it's just you, yourself, and I. And so I take on the role of not only, you know, I'm a photographer, but now I'm a muse. I'm the, the model in the situation. I'm the creative director. I'm the set designer. I'm like all of these different things, all of these different hats. I'm the hairstylist, even though I can't really do my hair. Shout out to YouTube, because YouTube is the only thing that helps me. Um, but that's how the, the series really started. So it just kind of became a space where I can explore my creativity um, and document myself. I think self-portraiture is really, really powerful because as a photographer, I spend majority of my time, if not all of my time, always capturing others, telling other people's stories. And so now this has given me the opportunity to turn that camera inward and tell my own and allow me to be vulnerable and to challenge myself. And, you know, there's some weeks where I feel really, really great. There's some weeks where I feel kind of like, oh, I don't really like how my nose looks. I don't really like how like this thing looks or, you know, certain insecurities start to come out and I have to navigate through that, you know? And so I think this has been a, definitely a growing experience for me. Um, uh, creatively, like I, the concepts that I do every week blow my mind. And so, you know, I, I've loved it. I enjoy it, but that's just kind of like the backstory of how it started. I love it. I love it. What it makes me think of uh, is that, you know, the pandemic started and none of us, you know, we, we, of course we couldn't have imagined that it would be, um, this long, but it was this, 
there was a point where people were like, okay, well, what can I do? How can I stay creative? And, you know, some of us started to do that, but you did it. (laughs) Yeah. You went all in. What did you have like over 30 weeks of, you know, plus? Um, And, and so what I really appreciate about what you just described um, was, you know, it's one thing to like start something, but then to stay committed to it. Mm -hmm. And then to see that it's allowing you to to what it's actually the impact is having on yourself mm-hmm. and others that that you may not have been able to predict. Like you said, it was Easter mm-hmm. Sunday and you just want to get dressed up, you know, mm-hmm. and and so I, I, you mentioned being it being a vulnerable thing. And I would mm-hmm. love to um, dive a little bit further into that. As yeah. you said, a lot of us who are photographers don't like to be on the other side of the camera. Um, yeah. What did you learn about yourself and as you went through this, as you as you started to be more vulnerable? Um, you know, I I, I found I already I thought I was confident. <laughs> I thought that I was kind of secure, and I, and I am. I, I think the confidence for me um, has been something that I have always worked on. I think that there's a lot of um, insecurities and kind of like trauma from like high school, college, things that I dealt with, have struggled with, maybe fully didn't like observe or recognize that I kind of maybe kept hidden that started to come out during this, you know, this project because I'm capturing myself every single week. Um, So I went from never really seeing myself on my, especially you know, you never, you never really saw me on my Instagram before it was kind of sprinkled. And now it was just like at a certain point, my full face. I had people saying like, Hey, do you take portraits of other people? Yeah, I do. Like, (laughs) so, you know, it was putting myself out there a lot more and I had to be a lot more comfortable with who I am, um, how I look, especially physically, you know, there's certain insecurities that I've had growing up, whether it was the color of my skin or the size of my nose, my lips, my, how small my ears are. People comment on it, the texture of my hair, all of these different things that, are insecurities that I'm now trying to um, find power in and find beauty in my portraits, right? You know, I have a self-portrait where I have my hair in an afro. You will never, on my whole page, I have never, ever, 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 ever put an image where I have have my afro. I have it, right? Because it's not something that I usually do. I usually put my hair in a bun or wear it like this, et cetera. Um, but that was something that I wanted to challenge myself to do. And I did it and I felt beautiful and people enjoyed it too. But ultimately I felt beautiful. And I think that's the underlying thing with this entire project is it's challenged me to find beauty in the things that I didn't see as being beautiful. Um, and then it's allowed me to grow and, and have that self-love. So it's more so self-portrait Sunday has always been something that's for me. I told myself that if this project became overwhelming, um, if I found myself doing it for other people, then I would stop. Um, and then come back whenever I was ready. So I took a little break over the holiday season. I was like, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to eat well, and I'll be back when I'm ready. And so we came back last week, and um, I'm really excited to keep it going and see where else I can go with it. Well, thank. I mean, again, thank you for touching on what, you know, what doing self-portraits can do for people. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. trauma. You mentioned, you know, things that start to come up, which is this emotional process and potentially, yeah. you know, integration and healing. Uh, yeah. And did you find, did you did you hear from other people that they started to do the same thing or, yeah. or you know, did people kind of start following along for them or, 
you know, creating for themselves? Yes, yes. I think that's probably one of the most exciting things from the project is when people reach out and they say like, um, you know, some people will be like, oh, I wish I could take self-portraits too. And I'm like, you can. Like, <laughs> even if no one else sees them, take them for yourself. It's important to document, you know, who you are, what you look like. You know, at one point, hopefully like I'll have my own kids and they'll be able to see, dang, mama was looking fly. Like that's the whole, you know, like I've been able to document myself in a way that is unique to who I am. Um, and so I've been able to encourage other people to do so. So when people tag me on Instagram and they're like, hey, I took a self-portrait, um, you know, inspired by OES ID, or um, I've also had the opportunity to um, educate and teach and do some different sessions around self-portraiture. And so I'll always challenge my students and say like, hey, you know, I'm challenging you to either do is take a self-portrait of yourself or find something in your home that you want to capture in a way that's unique. Um, so just really trying to push them to find a way to be creative in the midst of your own home, because there is beauty in our houses, right? If it's not ourselves, it's our families. It could be the meal that you're cooking. It could be the hair products in your bathroom. There is beauty in the things that, you know, you don't usually find beauty in the things that you kind of ignore on a regular basis. Um, and so when I see other people creating at home, um, doing the self-portraiture and, and growing and, and growing and having that self-love through that process, it makes me really happy. So that's definitely something that's been a huge plus um, from the series so far. Okay, so you're totally motivating me. And I'm like, why don't I do that? <laughs> you should. <laughs> why, don't I, why don't I set up the you. tripod and, you know, and because. Yes, you yes. should, girl. You should, because I'm telling you, I always say like, it's a confidence boost, right? When I take a picture and I'm like, okay, you cannot talk to me anyhow. This is who, well, this is me. This is what I look like. Like you cannot speak to me in any tone. You cannot look at me any way because I am feeling myself. So that's what that does for me. <laughs> I I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you write, like you cannot talk to me. Like, come on, look. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, it, it's, I, has it, has it been able to, um, having that real recognizing some self-love and, and recognizing your own beauty, has that um, kind of transferred to as you're photographing other people? I mean, obviously, let's talk a little bit about your, your work and your focus on women, black women celebrating the beauty, um, the joy, the all of it. Uh, it has that shifted your take on your own work of, you know, photographing other people from the work you're doing for, for yourself? You know, what's funny, I think that the work that I do for other people is what really allowed me to do the self-portrait project. So I think it's almost opposite. Because yeah. the one thing, the one thing about uh, when I shoot other people is I am really in general, I am anyone's biggest hype woman, right? So I always love to make sure people feel themselves. If you are, if you're insecure about something or you're like, I don't really know, Idara. Oh no, don't take my picture. I will make sure that you feel good by the end of that session, right? I'm always trying to bring out the best out of my clients, bring out the best of whoever I, ca I capture because ultimately like I'm capturing not just only what they look like, I want to capture their essence, their energy, right? And so I want to be able to try to bring that out. Um, I really feed off of interactions with people. I'm an extrovert in that sense. So I love to connect with people. I love being able to love on people, share in experiences, et cetera. And so that's what actually got me into photography in the first place and has kept me in there is that relationship aspect and being able to capture people for who they are, capture their essence and their beauty and let that show through in a photograph. 
So then now seeing that I can do that with other people, I was like, I should be able to hype myself up. I should be able to <laughs> take, you know, bring my same essence and beauty out in my own images. So I think it was more so opposite. The work that I do with other people is what inspired this, you know, it's me to do the same in the, in the portrait series. Um, I think now the only difference is that there are certain things creatively that I want to do more in my work, right? Whether it's playing around with colors, you know, I, I usually, oftentimes, a lot of my portraits are very vibrant in colors compared to a lot of my regular work or just doing different concepts. You know, I did uh, a self-portrait this past Sunday that was um, that was inspired by the show of Bridgerton, you know? So something, seeing something on TV and inspiring me and creating a concept and creating an outfit or a look based off of that are certain things that I would want to do in my work more often with other people. So I think that's probably what I've gotten out of the portrait project so far for that. I, I think that's really cool that it, it <laughs> that it is sort of the the reverse uh, yeah. when you see because your 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 portraits are so beautiful and Thank so you. yeah the ability to be like oh yeah wait I can do that for other people wait what? let me do that for myself. <laughs> uh, uh, talk to me about your style and this sort of like you said cin- the cinematic dreamlike um mm-hmm. is it the tones is it is it how much of it is sort of what you're creating in camera and then the post-processing um it tell me how you approach are you thinking of what the tones will be after the fact mm-hmm. when you're approaching an image talk to me about your process yeah um and so really so there's, I guess there's two components So the, when it comes to actually shooting, um, I'm just more so focusing on just interacting with my subject and making sure that they feel comfortable and capturing them in the, whatever way naturally comes up. I don't ever put pressure around my shoots. A lot of my images, unless they are, you know, planned out to a T for a client or whatever the case, a lot of the creative work that I do for fun, um, is just, you know, based off of interactions and how we're feeling, we'll have certain ideas like, okay, these are the outfits you're going to wear, or this is the location, certain things like that that are pre-planned. But once we get there, we're just going based off of how things are feeling and just energy. And so I'm just capturing whatever I can at that moment. I try to get as many photos, different poses, looks. Um, I'm really big on portraits and people's faces. So I'm always, a lot of my work as well, you can see is a lot of up-close photos because I just feel like people's faces tell stories. So I'll always make sure I get those. Um, but then when it comes to the other side, a lot of my work is also in the the editing process, right? I really am big on um, editing, especially when it comes to skin. Um, I think the one thing for me when it comes to photography and why I specialize and focus on capturing Black women and people that look like me is because oftentimes that is the struggle that um, a lot of us have is finding a photographer that can understand our skin tone, our undertones and captures correctly instead of making us look orange to green to this or that. Um, and so when people tell me, oh, you know how to capture Black people, Black skin, I take pride in that because I literally make sure that I can, you know, capture them well. So a part of that is just the skin editing and, and, and just more so the tones and making sure that I'm representing that, that individual well. And then other parts of it is just kind of like, I don't go in with an idea of what this image will come out final product. I just allow each image to, or each shoot to inspire me when I sit down in front of my computer. And so I don't have, people will ask me about like presets and stuff. I do have presets that I use for like client stuff every now and then that's pretty repetitive. But a lot of my work on my website, it's not a preset. It's just, I sat down and I played around. 
until I got tones and colors that I liked that spoke to me. I really like to go, when I look for that dreamlike and cinematic feel, I'm trying to bring my photos to life. I want them to feel like the images or whoever that person is, is jumping out at you. Like I want them to be bold. I want them to be sharp. I want them to be like, look at me. Like you are looking into my soul almost. So like, <laughs> I really, that's what I take pride in. And so it's not really more so me going in with an idea. It's just, hey, let me sit down with no restrictions and allow myself to create freely. Um, and that's how I go, how I approach every single shoot. And then the results that come out is what you see on my website and on my Instagram and whatnot. Thank you for explaining your process, because I think we all have sort of different ways that that mm -hmm. we approach things. And so I love the fact that, and a lot of times when you see somebody's work that, you, like yours, where it's where it is, whether they're the self portraits or otherwise, where it the the final outcome is, you know, so beautiful and spot on, and mm -hmm. you know all of that. Where where it is, like, did did Adara have to have all of that in her mind? <laughs> in advance because I'm more of a, you know, I love street photography and travel photography mm -hmm. and things where I'm, I'm waiting till I see something mm -hmm. versus like I'm, and I guess I shouldn't say, you should never say I, I don't <laughs> or I can't, but yeah. you know, the, the, the coming up with concepts and such, you know, like mm -hmm. your Bridgerton self-portrait mm -hmm. um, is, you know, it's this, and it seems like it's this combination of both for you're setting yeah. up a space for yourself to be able to play and be creative. And so exactly. exactly, I think it's an important message that you don't always have to know exactly with, you know, how it's going to end up, but allowing mm -hmm. yourself to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it's important to, to like, you know, obviously like plan things out. So like, yeah, I'll plan out like the location, what the idea or concept is, but you have to leave room for creativity to take its place. You have to leave room for it just, and have grace. Like sometimes you'll plan for something and it won't go the way that you thought it was going to go, or you'll plan for it and it'll go the complete opposite and it's better than what you thought. So I like to create space for that. I don't want to put pressure on whoever I'm shooting with. It's just more so like, let's put some music on, let's vibe and see whatever comes out of it. Then I'll sit on my computer, I'll see what I have, and what can I do from here? And just allow myself to be free with it. Can you tell me a little bit more about when you, you know, I, I said when I when I um, opened this podcast that I believe everyone has a story to tell. And you said, I believe, you know, people's faces tell stories. Mm -hmm. What do you, um, can you, can you tell us about an image and, and sort of what that, what the story that you're able to kind of uh, come up with out of um, just somebody's face? You know, it's, so that's a good question because I've never really like said it out loud. I just feel like every person's face is unique to like who they are, right? And so whether that is like the arch of their eyebrow or like the color of their skin or, you know, like maybe like wrinkles in their face, whatever the case might be, there's something unique in somebody's face. Um, and so that's connected to who they are. I think when it comes to, when I think of a portrait that comes to mind, I think of when I went back home to Nigeria and I took, I had gone back home for the first time as, a, as an adult um, back in 2018. I've been back a couple of times since that point. But that time that I went back, I wanted to make sure that I captured images of my family, my grandmother specifically that I hadn't seen. One, my, my dad's mom, actually, um, that was my first time seeing her since she came to the States back in 1998, you know, and so I've only met her once before that time that I went back. Um, and so being able to capture her, I felt like the portraits that I took of her 
I could see the strength in her face. I could see the strength of a woman who has all of these kids and, and has, has worked her butt off to create a life for them to see even in the wrinkles that of her face and the, you know, sometimes even her outfit, she'll wear like her, um, the head scarf is called a gale. So she'll wear her gale and her outfit. And you can just see the, the beauty and the wisdom that she carries. Right. And so that's ultimately her essence. Right. And so when I capture people, I try to see, it's not really what I can do. It's just, how can I create a moment where that just kind of naturally shines out? And you can feel that person's energy. And I just try to see if I can capture that in a photograph. Um, and so that way, when people look at it, they hopefully feel at least half of what I felt in that session. I love that you talk about it as a feeling, because I mm-hmm. also, especially with portrait photography, mm-hmm. you can, in, in your images, you can feel that connection. Mm-hmm. And it is that uh, the energy, it's the energy that you're putting out clearly and making that um, that 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 energy is what then comes mm-hmm. through and reflect it's a reflection it's a connection yeah um, not just the person but you know both of you absolutely I, absolutely talk to me about growing up about your first generation Nigerian American mm-hmm. um, what did it mean for you to be first generation um what was your what were you creative as a child like what tell, talk to me about your childhood you know I actually was not creative at all as a child um I I was more athletic like I played basketball and I did sports like that um I, I think that it's quite funny that when I reflect because nothing in my past equates to where I'm at <laughs> at all I didn't used to draw I didn't like take pictures as a kid I didn't even like photography really um and so growing up like I was born here in Phoenix Arizona both my parents um were born lived in Aquaibum State Nigeria um I say I'm first generation Nigerian American because my you know heritage of who I am and being Nigerian is a huge part of who I am it's a huge part of my work it's just a huge part of my being right um and so growing up here you know, there is, you know, just the cultural aspect, you know, being able to like family is a huge big thing for me, um, our food, our culture, our music, etc. And so growing up, I felt like I was always experiencing one thing in the house, and then I would go to school and experience another thing, right. And so I live in this household where it's like, all, you know, my parents, my Nigerian culture, I, if anything, I'm interacting with my cousins who are also Nigerian as well and African. And then I'm going to school that a school that's predominantly white. And I'm feeling like I almost have to like switch who I am. You know, I have to not, you know, you know, I wouldn't eat the foods that my mom would probably make me for lunch, like the cultural foods, or you want to dress a specific kind of way because I want it to be presented in a different kind of aspect. Um, And I feel like I struggled with identity a lot um, in that sense, right? Because you're at home, everything's one way. And then you go to school and you're like the only black girl. And and on top of that, you're African, right? (laughs) And so... Um, there was a lot of identity struggles that I had dealt with in that sense um, that I think that I didn't really start to focus on until I went to college. And so I went to the University of Arizona um, and that's when I started to, I actually joined like the, like the Black Student Union as well as the African Amer- the African Student Union, um, African Student Association, excuse me, where I felt like I was able to explore my Blackness, both being, you know, Black American, being African, being Nigerian and really coming into full of who I am. Um, and when it came to the creativity, you know, when I went to college, my parents, and they, we always say this with Nigerians or just really immigrants and being children of immigrants, first generation specifically, there is this 
pressure to perform well, right? There's this pressure to um, be a doctor, a lawyer, get good grades, et cetera, because my mom always would tell me, I did not come to this country. I did not struggle for you to come and struggle. Um, and so there's this burden that you carry. I'm the first and the oldest of my of four. Um, and so going to college, I was always expected, you know, I was told you're going to be a doctor. We're nurses. So you can't be a nurse because you have to be better than us. So you have to go. And, and your plan was to go to med school, right? So I had a pre-med major. I did physiology all throughout college and I finished well, but I struggled. It wasn't my you know, strong point. It wasn't until senior year that I realized I took, actually took the MCAT and I said, you know what, this is not, <laughs> not for me. So we had to actually reevaluate, which I'm glad that I did. Um, and it was my senior year where I actually started to be more creative and I started to do photography. Um, and I remember asking my mom to buy me a camera and she was like, what do you want this camera for? I don't understand. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, you know, um, a lot of kids on campus, they have cameras and they're taking grab photos and they're making money. And so she heard money and she said, okay, I'll get you a camera. That means more money in your pocket from somewhere else is less money out of her pocket. <laughs> and so that's how I actually got started. But for them, it was just a way for me to make money. Um, and then as this continued to grow and it became more serious, I think my parents had to realize like, wow, like there is something that you have here. There's a gift that you have there. So they had, they, they had to be a little bit more supportive than they were in the, in the, in the beginning, you know? Um, but yeah, like nothing in my childhood created space for creativity. I didn't really do anything. I, I used to sing or I sing. And so that's probably the only thing. But I just kind of stumbled into photography because, you know, I wanted to try it out. I wanted to make some money at the time um, and just start with grad photos. And my parents were like, cool. And then now I'm in a space where it's grown to more of a passion. It's what I love to do. It's what connects me to people. It almost feels like essentially my purpose. I feel like I'm here to connect and highlight and tell people's stories through, throughout this, through the specific medium. Um, and, and that's just how everything kind of came along. So, yeah. I think it's so interesting because there's so many people that start as this is my passion. Mm -hmm. How can I make money with it? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas it, you started in the reverse <laughs> yeah. and that, um, but it makes sense in terms of your, you know, your story and the, you mm -hmm. know, being first generation and the, you know, the, the pressure of, um, mm -hmm. Doc, you know, doctor, lawyer, all of that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so to allow like your first generation. I feel sorry. I feel like a lot of first generation people just have the same story. Like I, <laughs> a lot of especially I, creatives, they have the same yes, story. Of yes. Like, doctor, lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And then I fell into whatever creative field they do now. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I have heard, you know, I, I it's um, it, it, the fact that you allowed yourself um, to be able to make that switch, allowed yourself yeah. to try like, okay, I took the MCAT and then like, mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't, because you can't know, right, until you're doing something, yeah. whether it's mm -hmm. going to be a fit for you. Uh, and and so, yeah, allowing yourself uh, to grow into it and to, to for it to become a passion um, is a really good lesson, I think, for people who, yeah. uh, you know, who, who are, you know, just are in the same, you know, shoes. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of your professional work. Uh, there's, you know, the personal projects, which mm -hmm. we often say personal projects are what people get recognized for and then hired for, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, that that look, that feel that you put in the work. Um, I was looking uh, 
at your Instagram and um, saw one that was, you know, recently shooting for skincare brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it talked to me about uh, getting client work and how that started and sort of what, what the scenario is today. Yeah, no, of course. And so I do, I offer a, a number of different services. So I'm always constantly shooting out here in the Phoenix area, whether it's like, you know, doing a portrait or a brand session or whatever the case might be. I, um, so I've always kept myself open to that. And that's just been where like a lot of the financial component has been from photography is more so being able to, you know, do headshots or, or, or specific different things like that, that will really bring in that revenue. Um, just recently, I have been like really, really obsessed with like skin brands specifically. Um, and so I had the opportunity to shoot a skin brand called First Love Skin. Um, and um, it just really, I, I think it really aligned with the kind of work that I already kind of love to do. Because when you look at, think of skin brands, you think of skin products, you think of natural beauty, you think of people's faces, their skin. And I, that's, a, that's right up, right up my alley when it comes to my work. Um, and so I did that shoot uh, and it was actually for a friend who she had started her own um, business. And so I loved it as well because I was supporting another black woman who we are now good friends as well. Um, and we actually did that shoot that you're talking about in my garage. Like we just had the products and <laughs> we, I had like the backdrops. We wanted to keep it really, really minimal. We had three models that we were working on. So it was more so focusing on, you know, how do we want to show like their, their faces and their beauty. And so focusing obviously on the face, how we're going to, you know, the different poses, um, how we're going to place their heads, et cetera. Um, and then ways that we can show the product as well. Um, and so we came together, we put together like, you know, obviously the mood board, picked a date, came together and shot, but it was really the same as everything else. Even my, you know, the things that I get paid for, I don't necessarily approach them any differently than I would a creative project. I'm still ultimately there to capture somebody, their per- their essence and that person's energy for whatever the reason might be, but that underlining purpose remains the same. Um, and so when it comes to stuff like that, I, I really just allow myself to create space to obviously get, get to the goal of capturing, you know, whatever products or whatever pictures, but making sure I'm capturing the models or whoever I'm shooting with in the best way that I can. And so I, again, I love, love shooting with skin brands because it, it's right up my alley. And so I usually just keep myself open to opportunities like that. That is something that I want to do more. And so I'm starting to reach out to different brands to see if there's opportunities to go in that space a little bit more. But right now I'm just more so open to any opportunities that come my way. Um, If someone sends me an email and I'm free and available and it's looking right and we can make it work, I will do it. Um, And just kind of give myself that experience to expand a little bit more. What in your, in your sort of, in your dreams, um, Mm -hmm. what, what would be the continue to be the uh, you know the mm-hmm. ideal um jobs for you and mm-hmm. like what 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 do you want to continue to grow into mm. i think that i want to get to a space where i'm working with different brands and companies to do that storytelling i think there's two different components of it whether it's the more so documenting and so, like, for example, when I went back to Nigeria, capturing the culture, the people um, and, and those specific portraits, um, doing more work that's specific like that is what I would love to do. Um, and then also the second part of that is just more so just telling stories in a creative way. And so I started this um, kind of second platform on my Instagram called Open Room, and I do it with like another friend of mine, my friend Michaela, who she is a cinematographer. Um, and we just think of different projects or different you know, stories we want to tell or people we want to connect with. And we 
tell them through, you know, different visual mediums. So being photography and then also cinematography. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to step into like more so a director role with directing how I want, you know, specific things to look, how, you know, especially when it comes to more of like film and capturing things in that specific way. Um, and so when I think of down the line, that's the kind of work that I want to do with brands. I want to be able to tell stories, specifically Black stories, that are going to impact our people, our community, and have that representation. Um, and so right now, it's just me creating that work. And then hopefully one day, <laughs> everything falls in line and I can start to do that same type of work, whether it's for a clothing brand or whether it's for whatever the the product or whatever it could be. It doesn't really matter as long as the purpose is and the people that I'm you know, bringing forth and highlighting and, sh- and capturing are you know, people from my community. I mean, it's a, it's, and going back to the, the self-portrait series, like Mm -hmm. that, you can see how, you know, brands would look at that work and say, we want that, you know, Mm -hmm. and and so putting, again, that's message of, you know, putting the work out there that you love to create, you know, consistently. And then that, you know, is, is what people see. Uh, and, you know, and therefore desire. I mean, everything that you just talked about is, is the path that, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that, that you are on. I love the aspect though, about, um, combining the, the, um, still imagery with motion and Mm -hmm. cinematography. Mm -hmm. What do you think is different in terms of like what you can, the stories you can tell with stills? versus motion. Yeah, you know, it's quite funny because I think cinematography is a skill that I want to, you know, bring on myself right now. I'm really, really grateful for my friend Michaela um, because she is, that's what she does, right? So she tells stories on that other side, whereas I'm just capturing and trying to tell a story through a portrait, she's capturing through motion. Um, And so it's really challenged me in a way to like look at I usually find myself looking for moments and specific things. Whereas with film, you can like capture a bunch of moments <laughs> in a clip or whatever the case might be, and then have room to play around with it with your final product. And so it's really challenged me to kind of just look more so at a, a larger picture instead of looking for specific details that I'm going to capture. And then like being like, this is all I need. I just need this one portrait of a space or a full body, whatever the case might be. Um, but allowing myself to look things at a, a larger perspective um, and being able to just capture as much as I can. And then when you, the great thing about um, cinematography and film is that you can have all of these different clips, this B-roll, whatever the case might be, and then you can create your masterpiece at the end. You're really just kind of picking and choosing and piecing together everything that helps you tell that story. And I think that is so, 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 so beautiful. Um, and so that's why it's really important for me to um pair images with motion now because I think it's just I think they can tell a similar story but they just tell them in their in their own unique ways and um, and it's just impactful to pair them together and so it's definitely something I want to explore more uh, we will have um, upcoming projects that will go on that page and just different passion work like that but just like you said I think passion projects is what creates space for um, you know paid opportunities there was stuff that happened last year that I wouldn't have gotten, honestly, if it wasn't for the self-portrait project. If it tell us, people, tell us some examples. <laughs> you know, I had the opportunity to collaborate with Apple. They were releasing um, one of their newest um, Mac de- desktops, and so they were looking for creatives that would create from home. 
to really help them show like how this product helps them. So something like that, like I use Apple products every single day, right? That they found me because of my self-portrait series, really. They found my they found my name and then went to my Instagram and saw that I had this ongoing series um, and they loved that I was basically making lemons or lemonade out of lemons, right? And so basically just creating at home. And so that led into a long-term partnership where I'm still being able to work with them today or having the opportunity to work and educate. Education has been a huge thing for me as well. Um, wanting to be able to teach more. And so opportunities to teach with companies like Unraveled Academy or being able to teach. Um, I had an opportunity recently to partner with um, a platform called a company called Moodelier. They kind of sell these abstract pieces. And so they um, oftentimes would do these educational sessions where um, or kind of like um, courses where you can they'll like highlight different photographers. So they had reached out to me for a partnership um, to be able to create my first course. And so that was my first online course where I talked about portraiture and then talked about, you know, how you can edit and create those cinematic and dreamlike portraits. And so stuff like that came literally from, you know, these self-portrait projects. But I got, you know, essentially given an opportunity to just do what I want to do and be able to create in the way that I want to create. And so I definitely do think your passion project is what's going to make room for everything else later on down the line, as long as you remain consistent with it. Were there moments where you were, well, I I mean, you said earlier you gave yourself a break, um, but were there moments when you're like, ah, I don't, don't want to do this anymore <laughs> with the, the self-portrait Sundays? And then you're like, oh, wait, bigger goal in mind. <laughs> not yet, not yet. There okay, hasn't okay. Been, so like the break was more so like, I have all of these ideas, but I don't have the energy to do it. And so I took a break. And it was also like, it was Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like everyone should be, yeah, we should all rest and watch Netflix every day and just eat. Like that's what I did. (laughs) But um, I think that the one thing that is so big about the Self-Portrait Project and why it keeps me going is because it is that form of self-care for me. It is essentially my form of therapy. And so it's just something that I do for myself that I allow other people to have access to. And that's the only reason why I continue to do it, because there is that what there's something that I'm receiving from it still to this day. Maybe when I'm not getting as much from it, maybe I'll slow down. But right now it's just bringing me so much joy and peace to be able to be in my own space. And I do everything literally in this bedroom. So I don't I lock my door. I put on music. I just am in my own headspace for a couple of hours while I shoot and edit. And then it's just like, I feel good. I feel rejuvenated. And I just choose to share this with the world. And then at that point, everyone just gets to react how they want to react. But I've already had the benefit and the purpose of what this project stands for. So um, if there comes a day where I'm like, oh, I can't do it anymore. We'll see. But it hasn't come yet. So, <laughs> Well, I, and I think you just nailed it as to why. I mean, because you know, a lot of times with social media or, you know, putting out there, putting work out there, like if we feel like we have to do it solely Mm -hmm. for other people, that's a very different, then it becomes more Mm -hmm. a chore or Mm -hmm. something you feel you have to do. Whereas you just explained how it's your therapy, it's your you time, it's your rejuvenation. And so, you know, it's, if, I, I just think that's an important distinction yeah, and, and that comes out in the work in yeah, that, absolutely. you know, it, because it is for you. 
And I think that's how people connect to it, right? People can yes. tell when something feels, I know everyone uses the word authentic, but <laughs> people can tell when things feel authentic and real, right? And people can tell when you're forcing things. And so I don't think, I don't believe in creating just because I have to, unless, unless I'm being paid for it, obviously. But if it's a passion project, give yourself time to, to fulfill that passion project in the way that you want to do. Whatever vision you have, whatever you gain from that, that is the, like, the top priority. Everything else is going to fall in line. You know, the self-portrait project was, the priority was just self-care. I'm going to get dressed every week so I look good. I'm going to capture these images of myself. And hopefully I'm going to make, a, I would even plan to make a little collection book, you know, make a, like a, a coffee book of them for myself. And um, I do that because I need it. I want it. And I just choose to share it with everybody else. And then everything else just falls into place from that point. And so people can, I think that's what keeps people going with this project is that they can tell how real it is for me. And they feel that energy through the portraits as well. Absolutely. And I think there was, when I was scrolling through your feed, you you did have (laughs) a section where you had collaged them together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so in, in actually screen grab that, and I'm looking at it right now Um, (laughs) because it is, I mean, you just, you have created just so many looks and feels, but you can see your own self um, Mm -hmm. and, and the, the, you know, the, the joy, but the inquisition and the connection Mm -hmm. with yourself. And I just think that's so powerful. I wanted to talk about another project that um, I saw on your website. Mm -hmm. uh, And again, coming back to sort of identity and um, called her letter, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're pairing images and then work people's letters. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if they were all Mm -hmm. letters to self or mm-hmm. um, letters to other people, but mm-hmm. it's one thing, and I know yours was a letter to self, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, it's one thing to take a portrait of yourself, but it's another thing to actually sort of write words down. Yeah. Talk to me about <laughs> this project. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you even mentioned it because I even forgot it's still on my website. It, I did it a couple of years ago. And this is more, this is when I was trying to, you know, make that connection with portraits and identity and things of that nature. And so um, I did this project called Her Letter um, because I really wanted to more so again for myself, but I also wanted to do it for other women. And so I basically asked a group of Black women to write a letter to their future or past self. So if there was something that you could say to yourself, what would that be? And then just being able to pair that with the image of what they look like today. So allowing them to have space to heal or speak life into themselves, I think was really, really important. Um, I think some of these letters, even some people were writing to what I know there was um I'm not sure if I have it on my website, but there was even one where it was a mother and daughter duo and the daughter wrote a letter to her mother, you know, and the mother wrote a daughter to her letter. And I just, um, the mother wrote a daughter or letter to her daughter, excuse me. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> and I think that that's, it's powerful because it's a connection between them and I'm just there to capture that moment. Um, and so it's, it's probably one of my favorite projects because of that. I think it's really intimate because to write down something is you have to be intentional. You have to actually physically grab a pen, a paper, and write it down. I didn't want them to type it. I didn't want it to be, some of them were in voice, voice notes only because, you know, they couldn't, like, they didn't have the time to write it down. So I was like, you can do that as well. 
Um, I think there's just something powerful about handwriting something down, like taking the time, pen and paper, real old school, and just writing something down and being one with your thoughts. Um, and I think it takes you through kind of like a little journey of self-realization. And so I really love that project because it did. I saw that happen for other people. And then when we came to the shoots, I had them read the letters out loud. And so, you know, they came and they brought the letters and they would read them out loud. And it would oftentimes just be me in the room. So I felt like, you know, really grateful for them to feel comfortable enough to share that with me. Because a lot of them were vulnerable. A lot of them went through their insecurities and things of that nature as well. So just creating that mo that space of healing. I think that's definitely something where I want to kind of continue to do with my work. I think photography for me, especially with the Self-Portrait Project, has been a, self of he a sense of healing. I've had to go through and be able to heal through my traumas, uh, my insecurities, um, and things that I have gone through through my work. And in that specific project, I was able to create space for others to do the same. Um, and so I even had my own, like you mentioned, I have a portrait on there and I have a letter that I wrote to myself um, and, and just allowing people to just heal and capture that moment. So then that way they can always refer back to it. It's so cool because I, I this is the reason why this jumped out to me is um, mm -hmm. because I, the, the concept of holding space uh, for people, the concept of actually, like there's, I'm really interested in a lot of the brain research that's going on, mm -hmm. you know, right now. And that's yeah. this just sort of understanding um, what, from a brain perspective, like you literally, when you put pen to paper, Mm -hmm. It allows you to like get those thoughts out of your, like literally out of your head. Mm -hmm. And so especially when it comes to trauma and, you know, self-worth and things like that, like it yeah. literally allows when the brain mm -hmm. is triggered with those thoughts for them to, for you to release them. Yeah. And, and so it's, um, again, recognizing that and, and combining that with the visuals, mm -hmm. um, is, I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful thing to hold space uh, yeah, for people absolutely. and yourself to do. Thank and you. those, like, uh, definitely people out there listening, like, it's a powerful <laughs> experience to sit down and write a letter to yourself. It is, um, it is. You can go through so much. There's things, sometimes when I sit, especially, like, I don't journal as much as I want to. I used to journal a lot more then at that time. I don't do it as much as I want to now. Um, and this is like a mental note for me to get back to it, because when you do journal, when you do write these, even if it's just a small letter to yourself, you kind of start to unpack things that you didn't even know was there. You know, I'll start off by saying, oh, I'm fine. And then before you know it, I'm crying because I didn't even realize there was something that was bothering me that I just allowed myself to release. Um, so you, it's really unique in a way that you can just kind of release your feelings and your thoughts, et cetera, on paper. Um, and then you have it there to physically, right? That's why I preferred the physical aspect opposed to people typing. The only other thing that I did was I did do voice notes because I think there's something powerful with hearing, so you, like reading something out loud and saying it and hearing your voice. I think you can get the same kind of, you know, feeling or emotion as writing it down. So those are the two components that I like. I don't really want, I didn't want to do people typing the letter or whatever, because I feel like it almost, there's a separation there, right? It's not physical. It's on your computer. You can close it and walk away. Whereas in a journal on a piece of paper, you can actually hold onto that. Or with audio, you can hear yourself speak, you know, speak life into yourself, speak life into your situation. And so I truly, truly love that project because I saw what it did for other women. I know what it did for myself. 
Um, and I think that it's just, again, that I think there's just a theme that I have throughout my work, you know, between that project and again, the self-portrait project of healing and how can you utilize your creative medium to provide healing, whether it's for yourself or creating space for others as well. This is my life mission. I'm, <laughs> I am with you on this. I mean, I, I, um, my best friend and I run uh, uh, mindful adventures, retreats, and it is all this. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's again, it's holding space um, for for people to to be able to have that yep. the healing experience, and creativity does that, and. You know, like you said, I'm 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 pretty inspired right now to go and start <laughs> making some self portraits because that's yes. you know a very vulnerable thing. It is. Um, you know, it's different when you're just like take a selfie, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. versus this the experience of truly mm-hmm. seeing yourself, um, mm-hmm. and in in a different way, and that's Absolutely. or hearing yourself. You know, like yeah. you hear yourself talk and you hear it on the inside of your head, you know, it's another thing to listen to your voice, mm-hmm. um, on recording. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, just, I just, I love it. Um, thank you. And, thank you. What? I'm going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to yes. do it again. I have a okay. mental note. Okay. Like I need, I need to okay. bring that re- like do a reboot of that. Cause yes. I love so thank you for asking about it. I really yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> maybe maybe you do it after your Sunday session or before your Sunday session. Because that just gets into yeah. the, the mood and the zone and the letting yeah. go um, yeah. is really for me a big a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it can literally like release trauma that you're holding in your body yeah. and physical pain. That's another mm-hmm. conversation. <laughs> I had I had chronic back pain and it was literally through things like writing and ripping it up and throwing it away wow. that helped heal. So it's super powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. What do you get the most in terms of um, younger photographers or other photographers out there sort of looking at you and your work and asking for advice? Um, what What are some of the things that that you like to share, um, the, the common questions that come about? Yeah. Um, I think the first part is always like, how do you get this image? How did you do this? Um, and I think one thing that I always share with younger photographers is that it's not something that came overnight. I have been shooting for five years. Um, the work that I had in the beginning, um, is not work that you see now (laughs) for a reason. Um, there was growth there. Um, I think, the her letter one is probably like the, the the furthest back that I can think of that I started that I still have currently up on my website um, because that's when I was starting to explore who I was as a photographer, what I wanted my work to do, um, and I and it's still it's still relevant to this day. That's why it stays up there. Um, I try to tell younger photographers just really create space to just explore and see where it goes. I think when you start to put too many restrictions or stress and think that oh, I need to be doing this just like how Idara does it. I need to capture myself the way she does. I need to do that. No, you don't. I do this in a way that works for me and it just works for the people that I also work with as far as the clients I shoot. Do it in a way that is unique for yourself. You have to figure out what your why is. Why are you capturing? Why are you getting into this in the first place? Why did you pick up your camera? You know, my why in the beginning was to make money and then I realized, oh wait, that's not my why. I like to do this because I love people. (laughs) And I want to tell their stories. And then that's what sticks with me. And as I continue to shoot, the more you shoot and shoot and shoot, 
the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to start to look at different things differently. You're going to look at details differently. You're going to figure out things you want to incorporate, concepts, et cetera. All that stuff comes with time and just inspiration as a whole. So you have to give yourself grace to have that time and experiences. Um, and so that's one thing I always try to share with people. The second thing is always around editing. Every I get so many questions about, you know, how do you edit this? How do you get these colors, these tones, tones, tones? And I take pride in my tones. I love them so much. And so I really love that people are, you know, when they ask that, again, that's something that came with time um, and just creating my own style of work. I think every portrait relatively looks different, but you can tell that there's the same kind of like brown under like tones that kind of stay with throughout all of my work, all of my images. Um, and so that just came from trial and error. Um, I did create my own course that'll be that I did with Mudelier that will now be up on my website in the upcoming weeks for people to purchase. So if they want to learn from me, I do um, always teach. Um, and then I have an on ongoing course uh, with Unravel Academy as well to kind of do that as well. But I think it's just kind of just sit down, look at your image. What is that image like? It's so weird, but what do you feel from it? Like, <laughs> you know, just allow yourself to just be free and just, you can always go back and erase, just play around and you will start to find things that stand out to you the most. Um, and then one last thing, if there's people's work that you do love, figure out why, like, what is it that you love about this person's work? Do you love my work because it makes you feel a certain kind of way? Do you love this person's work because it's really dreamy and airy? Do you like, like, what, what is it that you like? Um, and figure out how you can take those, take note of those things, take note of the things that you like in other people's work, because there's something that you can start to incorporate in your own. The goal isn't to copy anybody else, please do not copy. <laughs> but you can always, that's how you again, you take that inspiration. If you see a picture, and you're like, Oh, wow, I really love this, or I love this artist's work. Why do you love it? There's people that I love, because they give me that same sense of healing, um, through their images that I want to have in mind. And so I'm like, oh, I love how she took this portrait or how the tones really make me feel this and that. And then I take those specific concepts or those ideas and apply them in my own unique way. And so I think those are the kind of things that I always try to tell people who are starting out is just really again create that space for growth. And with time, you'll get to where you want to be. Just allow yourself to to be free and like and, and go wherever it takes you, you know? Such great advice. Space <laughs> and grace. Like yes, the, space, and grace. The, space and grace. <laughs> I I and again, I just I love the this ability the concept of understanding why you're drawing something. Mm -hmm. You know, not just like the, oh, I like that. Why do you why? like it? And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, two-year-olds know what they're doing when they keep asking why, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> There's a it's reason a, for everything. There's a reason that's right. for everything. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, Idara, such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I want to give a shout out to Polly again, who is the the founder yes. of Black Women Photographers. She's too, she's tuning in. She says, so proud oh, of you, thanks, which is Polly. awesome. Um, we had... Um, we had Cosmo tuning in. We had Susan, who's in uh, Normal, Illinois. We have Robert Sims, who's saying, uh, like the joy and passion that comes through. Aww. Keep doing your thing. Uh, we you. have um, Joe uh, Mullenshot, who's saying, absolutely love Idara's self-portraits and her storytelling style shots of people and places. Beautiful work. Um, and you. on and on and on. Uh, England, uh, Cairo, wow. Egypt. Uh, super, wow. super cool. 
Where can people find you and follow you everywhere from yes. England to Egypt? Uh, let us know where, <laughs> where where to find you. Yeah, of course. You can find me on my Instagram page, which is just, oh, yeah, it's ID. So O-H-Y-E-A-H-I-T-S-I-D-Y. So, oh, yeah, it's ID. So you can find me there. And then also my website, edaraecpo.com. Um, feel free to look at my work. Reach out if you have any questions, comments, um, and just kind of stay tuned for things that are coming soon. So much to come. I love it. And also available for hire. Um, and yes, check please. out your um, <laughs> your classes and all of that. And maybe yes. we can get you here on Creative Live. Yes, that'll be great. And there'll be another self-portrait this week. So if you are following the series, we're back on our regular cadence. So there'll be another new self-portrait this week as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And everybody, uh, we are looking forward to two more weeks as part of our conversation series uh, that we've partnered with Polly from Black Women Photographers. Be sure to go out uh, and check out that website. Polly is, if you are interested in being part of the community, if you want to put your name out there, there's a whole section on that, your name, your images. If you're an editor, uh, go and find the talented, beautiful work, uh, people available for hire. And um, we're looking forward to the next two weeks when we're going to be speaking with Tammy Thomas, as well yeah. as Alexis Hunley. Um, and so you can RSVP for those. If you're here on the Creative Live uh, TV page, you can just scroll down, hit the RSVP so that you get a message. This episode will also come out as part of our We Are Photographers series, our podcast series of audio. So wherever you listen to your podcast, podcast. Um, you can subscribe to We Are Photographers and you can look out for uh, this upcoming uh, episode as well. So everybody, we'll see you next time, but thank you Yay. again to Idara Ekpo and we'll see you all soon. Thank you, Idara. Thank you so much. Can I appreciate it? I'm Kenna Klosterman, and you've been listening to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, head over to creativelive.com slash creator pass. As a creator pass subscriber, you have access to over 1500 classes on demand. Whether it's photo and video, art and design, craft, entrepreneurship, personal finance, or even yoga, there is always something to learn on Creative Live from the world's best educators. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review We Are Photographers wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and a five-star review goes a long way. You can stay up to date with everything happening on Creative Live by following us on social media at Creative Live everywhere. And I'm Kenna Klosterman on Instagram and at Kenna K Photo on Twitter. If there's anyone you want us to feature on the podcast, just send me a message. Thank you again for being part of the global Creative Live community. And I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers.